Everything you need to know about insurance in the managed services profession. Coming up on today's MSP Zone. You're entering the MSP Zone, a podcast for the managed services community, covering news, analysis, and interviews from around the globe. Elevate your MSP game by staying in the MSP Zone. And now, your host, Charles Weaver. We're going to do a little bit of a, an overview because we have uh, so many new listeners. Uh, we have a lot of new MSPs uh, coming from around the world. And what could be more important than talking about ensuring your managed services practice and making sure that it's safe, it's protected, making sure that your customers are protected, um, it's it's all good, and it's actually a lot easier than you may think. We're going to have a lot of great uh, tips and suggestions on how you can go about obtaining that insurance, what types of insurance you might want to get, what types of insurance you should maybe not get. Um, we're going to break it all down for you and make it nice and simple. And uh, again, joining me uh, from the great state of Texas is our friend Rob Scott. Rob, welcome to the program. Good to be with you, Charles. So, Rob... Uh, I, I go back so many years. Um, you know th- what what was old now is new again. And in two thousand and eight, well, two thousand seven, we started talking about the importance of insurance and how that would play a big role in the MSP professional community. Um, uh, how right we were, right? Uh, I mean, you you did a lot of that early legwork of getting um, the the Lloyd's group out of London to to uh, kind of pay attention to the MSPs and, and to craft a, a concept. Um, wh- where do we, I mean, I'm assuming you don't have any problem with saying that insurance has, has never been more important than it is today for MSPs. I, I really have no problem saying that. I believe it wholeheartedly. I, I think that <clears throat> the proof is in the fact that so much has happened in terms of security and the threat landscape around IT security that MSPs are operating in a high-risk environment and those that aren't adopting best practices at risk management, including inclusion of various uh, insurance products, uh, are are going to be taking on more risk than their more uh, sophisticated and um, uh, intelligent competitors who are figuring out ways to engage and manage services in a dangerous world, but to do so without taking on undue risk. Yeah. So again, I I think that these are you know some people may may say okay why is it going up is it really is it really that that risky as a as a business model and I, and I try to keep things in perspective which is everything uh has become more important because the MSPs have become themselves more important and and I I try to look at look at it that way rather than just saying you know it's not like um oh, I don't know fire jumping Right, which which is risky, or you know, being being part of the Navy SEALs, which is a risky job, right? You know, high uh, high accident rate, high high death rate. Um, 
you know, we're not talking about those types of professions. We're talking about something that is very mainstream, very, um, very much in demand. Um, but nevertheless, because of its high profile nature, like you said, um, you know, we have to talk about things like insurance. You know, I think you said it best back in the day, Charlie, and you, you know, you're dating us with these references to the dates, you know, 07, 08, but I remember a speech that you gave at an MSP world in 08 where you made the analogy to other professions. And you said that, you know, you you don't expect to go to a doctor that doesn't have malpractice insurance. And you don't expect to work with a lawyer that doesn't have professional liability insurance. And you made the comment that, you know, MSPs are no different. MSP uh, 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 practices or professional services practices and with a high level of trusted advisor status and for the same reasons that doctors and lawyers and other professionals, engineers, electricians, et cetera, carry insurance, MSPs should carry insurance. Yeah. No, I, 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 I agree. I, I think it's a good point. So let, let's, let's start to, because there's a, there's a, and the reason we're bringing it up, I mentioned in the intro, um, is we're getting so many new MSPs. I mean, almost on a daily basis, I'm getting emails from from new members saying, I'm starting up a new MSP practice. I don't know where to go. I don't even have an RMM or a ticket solution yet, right? And so I think that we, you know, now's a perfect time for that new generation of MSP to, to introduce them early to the concept of insurance and what role it plays. So- Rob, if you would, could you give us a a basic rundown of of the the differences between, let's say, general liability, professional liability, sometimes called E and O or errors and emissions, and cyber? Because those things kind of get confusing to people. So let's start maybe with general liability. What is a general liability policy? A general liability policy is a policy that covers the insured, this would be the business owner, for things that happen to its customers, for example, focusing on bodily injury and or death. Uh, this could be, you know, any kind of circumstances with the premises. It could involve, you know, your your um, um, interaction with customers by your employees, but it covers primarily uh, property and injury claims. It, it doesn't deal with injuries that arise by virtue of the services being performed, and it doesn't cover. Um, <clears throat> Things like uh, what happens if one of my employees are negligent and uh, someone's data goes missing, for example. That that would be excluded. Okay, so if if you're an MSP out there and you've got a general liability insurance policy, and you and you have to read it, and we'll we'll get into how you can go find that out. But if you've got a general liability policy, Rob you are not going to be protected against something like a ransomware attack, most likely. 
Absolutely. Um, you know, the, the a ransomware attack or any kind of data security or privacy claims are typically excluded in general liability policies. As I said, think about a general liability policy as ensuring your building, ensuring you from a, a you know a flood in your building or fire or uh, a, a, an injury or death happening to one of your customers that's you know on your property or um, um, those types of things. It's, it's, it's a business owner's policy that's designed to cover the landlord essentially right <laughs> in most instances, right and those that come into contact with the business and who could be injured or killed. So I, and again, I don't you know we're not playing what if here in, in terms of um, you know getting legal advice so we are not providing legal advice uh, if you if you want that go go to your lawyer. but Rob in a in a uh, situation where you're dealing with a lot of MSPs uh, who have gone remote, um, it, it is possible that general liability, may becoming less important for those remote um, businesses, true or not, or not true? I, I think there's some uh, merit to the question about, you know, what is the exact policy that I need to cover the risk in light of my operation? And I agree with you that there could be a difference between a policy that's needed by a company that's got a big facility that's, re- that's leased from a landlord, that may have insurance requirements in the lease versus a company where everybody works from home and there is no business lease. There is no leased property for the business and there's no real estate owned by the business. You know, I could definitely see that business A and business B might need different policies. And it's the one is the, the general liability is the one that you think of more in terms of the brick and mortar protective facility, um, and, and again, it's one of these things that, that landlords require of tenants because if there's a situation that, that the landlord knows the insurance company will pay the claims to, for example, to restore the, the, the building to its prior state or, or those types of things. So yeah, the, the slippery uh, sidewalk uh, out in front of the, the strip mall yes, scenario. You got it. Yeah. You got it. All right. Now, so that's general liability professional liability gets thrown around a lot. And I understand that there are different policies. So we are, again, not making any, you know, legal statements or, or, or legal counsel here. These are just general statements and, and opinions on, on a, on a large uh, family of products. But Rob, in your opinion, what, what is professional liability insurance generally covered? Well, well, you know, I made the comment about the analogy that you made to other professions. And, you know, medical malpractice, legal malpractice are, 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 are types of professional liability. These are policies that cover the end user customer for the professional's failure to discharge their responsibility in a reasonable way that results in an injury that, to the customer. So this is... Um, um, you have a contract to provide backups for the customer. Uh, the customer um, hi- has hired you to perform the backups and has paid you to do so. 
and through uh, an, through a failure of your one of your technicians, the backup software doesn't ever get properly configured on one of the customer's servers, and it doesn't come to light until there is a ransomware event, and the customer uh, wants you to do a restore, and you can't, so they have to wind up paying a ransom to uh, release uh, the ransomware. And the argument is, if you did your job in performing the backup, I would not have had to pay the ransom. So is in this a, the- in a case like that where the claim arises by virtue of a failure, a, a negligent act or omission by the MSP? Professional liability is designed to cover that. Okay. Is profession so I, I get the analogy. I and I think a lot of MSPs have actually had professional liability policies. Um, it probably is very familiar to them. What but but professional liability is not the same as cyber, correct? Correct. Cyber is, if you want to think about it, a component of coverage of what could be a number of policies, including professional liability, that deals with the removal of the exclusion for privacy-related claims. As I told you, you know, in a general liability, you're going to have a standard exclusion for privacy claims. In in a what would be a privacy claim? Is that is that loss of data like a ransomware event where it's exfiltrated and in the possession of someone who who shouldn't have it? Is that what you're Contemplating yeah, here. So, so, so you could have lost data, hard drive fails on an array, the alert is not detected, and so the other drives fail and you can't recover them. That's not a privacy event because there is no um, unauthorized access to personally identifiable or other regulated data. It's availability. And, it's lost data. Yeah. It's like, you know, my, I, you know, for example, if, if, if the data included tax returns that we're being hosted in a platform, a cloud-based platform designed at accounting firms, you know, the loss of all those tax returns could be a significant um, issue for the cluster end user customers, the accounting firms, but there is no privacy issue. There's no cyber um, uh, uh, security related claim. Um, but be that as it may, cyber uh, references a, a specific set of coverages designed to uh, protect the MSP's customers for privacy and security related events involving ransomware, hackings, uh, you know, data breaches. Uh, and really, cyber liability really refers to a category of claims that could be included in a professional liability policy to provide coverage for um, defensive uh, lawsuits, for regulatory response related to privacy, for crisis management in the event of an incident, for uh, notification costs in the event of a data breach. So so a a slew of things that may not come around under a professional liability lost backup, but not compromised, it, like uh, faulty Correct. hardware, software, 
but not privacy, as you said, and not a, a third party where you're going to have to make a data breach disclosure. Correct. Anything involving uh, coverages for data breach, for defensive claims related to uh, lost data or ac unauthorized access to data, <clears throat> um, that's cyber. That's what we're referring to when we're, we're talking about cyber. And it is not um, exclusive to professional liability. There are other types of policies other than professional liability that include cyber-related coverages. For example, a first-party cyber liability policy. Okay. We've defined general liability, professional liability, cyber liability, and the distinctions between them and, and when they each might come into play. The term ENO or errors and emissions is another thing that gets thrown around a lot. It's been around for quite some time. How would you go about generally describing or defining ENO? ENO is just another uh, term to, to, to refer to provider-based coverage or professional liability. Uh, I think ENO is something that they refer to primarily when the provider is not a professional service. Oh, it, okay, interesting. Um, if they think about it, when, 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 a, when a contractor says, I'm bonded and insured, that insurance that they're referring to is errors and omissions. It's not referred to professional liability because the provider is not, you know, considered in a professional service. It could be a, a different type of provider, a different service. Okay. So, so, so I think that ENO really is synonymous to professional liability when it comes to the nature of the coverages. You have a terminology difference in certain contexts, um, not because the coverages are different, but because the providers may be in different markets. Got it. Okay. So, you know, professional liability, probably similar, maybe some overlap, but um, it really, all of these come down to, well, it comes down to your business model, but if you're a, if you're a garden variety MSP or you do anything that relates to remote managed services, uh, with the exception maybe of the general liability, and we talked about that, you know, if you are in a remote work employee situation, is there a scenario that, I mean, is there a reason why you would just say, hey, I'm only going to get ENO, I'm only going to get professional liability, I'm not going to get a cyber or a, or a coverage for a privacy event in this day and age? No, I can't imagine. For an MSP, no. I mean, for an MSP. You know, it, yeah. yeah, I mean, if you're, if you're a painter, yes. If you're an MSP, no. <laughs> because if you think about it, and when you really boil down, you know, where the risks are for managed service providers, the risks, you know, that, that we're trying to solve for are primarily focused around security incidents at customer locations that cause the customer injuries or, you know, require the customer to give, you know, notifications. And that's where all the risk is in this business. And therefore, I would say uh, when I talk about managed services insurance, it means 
you know, tech media professional liability that uh, answers for uh, any negligent acts or omissions by the MSP in the course of providing the services. Got it. For those, and again, this is a topic that you have championed for many, many years, which is the relationship between insurance and your contracts. And it's a difficult concept you know, if you don't have a background in law, if you don't have a background in insurance, um, or even if you do, you know, fusing those two and why they're important is, is a, uh, it's, it's good to understand. So could you explain why, what is the relationship between insurance and the managed service provider agreements with their customers and why is it important? Well, I think it's critically important to making sure that the managed service provider who's giving a, a, a monthly price, right, and taking on some operational risk is not taking on more risk with its customer contracts than it has transferred to its insurance company. In other words, the customer the customer is saying, I want you to be responsible for uh paying me for any negligent acts or omissions on the part of your employees. And the MSP is saying, well, I, I might do that subject to a cap and subject to certain exclusions, but only if I know that the vast majority of the claims that are going to be viable will be covered by my insurance. Because, you know, the theory that we're solving for to begin with is that the MSP is a service provider is not providing a risk transfer um, service. They're not in the insurance business. They are a service provider. And to the extent that they do something wrong, they should within reason pay the customer who has been injured. But they're saying in order, you know, in order to deliver the services at the lowest possible price, I've got to transfer those risks so I can build them into my overall pricing. And so it would be foolish, for example, to have an insurance policy uh, that allows you certain coverages and not to make sure that uh, what you're undertaking to do with your customers in terms of indemnification or limitation of liability is not aligned very carefully to what you've already transferred to the insurance company. So if I may, Rob, is it, is it like, I, I look at it and maybe simplify this as the, the insurance that you carry as an MSP is necessary, but it's the inclusion of that insurance in some meaningful way, and we'll get to that shortly here, in your managed services agreement with your customers, that is the expression of that insurance protection that the client is receiving. Is that, is that what you're saying? Uh, or did the, I overstep? On the, on the point of expression, what I'm saying is, what's being expressed is that the customer is agreeing that you're not going to take on more risk than you've already transferred. The customer is agreeing legally 
that what you what your insurance is is going to be um, that that if there's a claim, it's going to be only recoverable to the extent of the insurance or some alternative formulation that's limited to a very few uh, number of months of payments under the contract. But okay, so but so take a pause there. If if I was a customer dealing with an MSP who did not have cyber or professional liability that had a cyber element to it. And I was, I would arguably be at risk. And no matter what the contract said, the, 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 the MSP has very little protection to me as a customer without that, that insurance. And therefore the agreement is, um, silent or shall we say is just not, it doesn't have any teeth in terms of protecting the customers of the managed service provider service. No question. Yeah. Okay. Just make. Yeah, sure. I mean, part of it is you know, we'll put in our customer contracts a section on insurance that says, during the term of the agreement, the provider agrees to carry the following policies, and those policies are for the benefit of the customer. And inclusion of such, you know, language is um, e extremely important. If I, if someone wanted to um, engage with me that had no insurance, you know, I would be like, wait a minute. I've got a small, relatively small company that I'm doing business with. If I get a data breach or some catastrophic event, how are they going to pay? I mean, regardless of what the agreement says. It's an enforcement question. That's right. The insurance gives the end user the confidence that if there is a claim, Lloyd's of London or whoever the carrier is will pay. And I use Lloyd's just because, as you mentioned, Lloyd's is the um, ultimately the carrier for the managed services uh, MSP Alliance Cloud and Managed Services Insurance. So, but it could be you know any of the carriers, right? So, l last question here, Rob. Um, the there's a lot of MSPs that are out there who have had uh, professional liability. You know, they've also had cyber, and now they're getting their insurance brokers coming back to them and saying. Uh, we need some additional data from you, right? We, we hear this a lot now, um, meaning that the, the insurance companies are running scared because there's so many, in my opinion, non-MSPs or MSPs who, you know, people who are pretending to be an MSPs, but they're really not, and they're suffering a lot of claims. Um, and, and so it's raising the rates for everybody. What is your view of that moving forward? Uh, is this Is this a is a serious issue, uh, you know, and what, what can we do about it? Yeah, listen, I think it's important to, to, you know, to pay attention to what kind of things underwriters care about, right? Because in the end, they know <laughs> they're in the risk management business. So, you know, if you get on with the right carrier, they're going to help you not only, you know, from an insurance perspective, but they're also going to provide some risk management assistance. And a lot of the things that they're asking people to produce are in that area. To, to show, you know, what is it that you're doing? Are you following best practices? Can you can you demonstrate this or that? And and so I, I expect that to continue. 
Yeah. Uh, and, and, I, and I also think that this, you know, the prices of this stuff goes up over time, not down. For years, you mentioned it started in 08, the, this policy that MSP Alliance developed just, you know, a number cheap. of years. Yeah. 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 And back then it was very cheap. And back then, you know, you didn't have a lot of examples of, of, of actual claim scenarios. Now, I mean, you hardly know anybody that doesn't have some experience with ransomware, uh, data breach notices, or, I mean, these have become everyday things over that time period. Yeah. Well, uh, a little preview maybe of a future episode, but we're, we're hearing a lot of MSP Verify members uh, actually pushing back and, and actually reducing their, their cyber policy uh, premiums um, because basically they're, they're able to show that they've already achieved uh, many, not many, all of the cybersecurity practices that the insurance companies are saying that they want to see from the MSP. So that's a, another, another podcast episode in the future. But um, Rob, thank you very much for breaking down this. I mean, this is a lot of heavy uh, material, you know, talking about insurance, um, you know, and a podcast like this may not be everyone's um, cup of tea, but it's, it's really important. And it, and it really is simple. When you boil it down, as, as I know you just have, it, it's really important to go get it. If you if you deal with a broker who doesn't understand it, talk to Rob and his team. They understand the insurance landscape. They work with a lot of MSPs who understand insurance, understand how to uh, express that into a contract that protects you and your customers. So uh, don't give up on it and don't think that it's just a, a nice to have one day. I think... I think it's a you need to have it as an MSP. It's a it's it's just like getting an RMM or a ticketing solution. You need to have insurance, and and it's just a it's one of those things you have to have. So, Rob, as always, appreciate your input and your expertise. Thank you, Charles. We'll talk to you soon. Absolutely. Uh, this is uh, Charles Weaver with the MSP Zone. Until next time. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed today's episode, please give us a like. Make sure you are subscribed to the podcast so you will get notified when future episodes are released. We will see you next time in the MSP Zone.